is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, it's amazing. Welcome, welcome. The President of the United States is trying to bring down the cost and increase the options for health care for individuals. Uh, individuals in this country are having difficulty finding health care policies, let alone affording health care policies. I'm not even talking about employer plans or union plans or government plans. I'm talking about individuals. And so the president's taking certain actions that he's free to take under the Obamacare legislation, actions by executive order, that is, and that essentially uh, by executive directive, regulatory changes, that will increase competition and choice and access to lower-priced policies for individuals who are having enormous difficulty finding policies of any kind. And the Democrats are going nuts. Schumer's going nuts. Well, Schumer is nuts, but you understand. Pelosi's saying that Trump is sabotaging Obamacare. These uh, leftists, these Democrats are so insane, are so committed to their ideology, they could care less what the consequences are for real human beings in this country, for real families in this country. They are so committed to socialist, government-run health care that any steps whatsoever, any steps whatsoever taken to give some relief, even a little relief, to individuals in this country who are struggling with their health care as a result of Obamacare and the Democrats is said to be, well, undermining Obamacare. I don't know about you folks, but we don't exist, and the president doesn't exist to support Obamacare. His role is to make it possible for the private sector to function so the rest of us can acquire quality health care. And because he's getting no help whatsoever from Congress, he's taking certain steps on his own, not because he's a dictator, because the very Obamacare law that was passed by the Democrats and signed by Barack Milhouse Benito Obama in the first place gives enormous leeway to the executive branch to make these changes. So he's following the statute. It is really precious to hear people like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi who've done everything possible to prevent any changes to Obamacare, let alone effectively repealing Obamacare, which is what the president ran on and the Republicans ran on, and they won. It's really precious to hear them talk about the president taking steps without their input, that is, without Congress. When they passed the very statute that authorizes the president to take the steps that he's taking today. The president said he wanted health care sold across state lines. Now, unfortunately, he can't do it for everybody, but he's trying to do it for those people 
that he can. Cut one, Mr. Producer, go. In a few moments, I will sign an executive order taking the first steps to providing millions of Americans with Obamacare relief. It directs the Department of Health and Human Services, the Treasury, and the Department of Labor to take action to increase competition, increase choice, and increase access to lower-priced, high-quality health care options. And they will have so many options. This will cost the United States government virtually nothing. And people will have great, great health care. No, no, no. We can't do that. Only the government can do that. So understand, when the left is attacking this, they're not attacking it because they're fearful that fewer people will have quality, affordable health care. They're attacking it because this is just a little piece taken out of their agenda where they're trying to drive the country into government-run, socialist, centralized health care. And any steps that allow competition, any steps that allow choice, they only believe in choice when it comes to killing little babies in the womb. When it comes to anything else, they are big government centralized leftists. They oppose choice. Cut to, Mr. Producer. Go. I'm also directing Secretary Acosta to consider ways to expand these associations and these health care plans all across state lines. This will create tremendous competition and transformative in so many ways, change aimed at creating more and lower prices for millions of Americans. Now, what they're doing here is allowing individuals to join associations of individuals in order to help drive down the cost of their health care policies and encouraging insurance companies to provide policies to these associations that individuals voluntarily participate in and join. What the hell is wrong with that? What is wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. That's good. Go ahead. Competition will be staggering. Insurance companies will be fighting to get every single person signed up. And you will be hopefully negotiating, 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 and you'll get such low prices for such great care. Should have been done a long time ago, and it could have been done a long time ago. Finally, cut three. Go. Today's executive order instructs Secretaries Acosta, Mnuchin, and Hargan to explore how they can allow more businesses to use tax-free health reimbursement arrangements, or HRAs, to compensate their employees for their health care expenses. Currently, only about one-third of small business employees receive coverage at work, forcing millions of workers to enroll in the exchanges or remain uninsured and to pay the individual mandate penalty. Not good. Not good. That is one of the most unpopular things I've ever seen in government, I can tell you. And what's wrong with that? Encouraging businesses, particularly small businesses, to set up these HRAs. What is wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. And it barely goes far enough. He's doing what he can from the executive uh, branch. 
the more options, the more choices, the more flexibility, the more competition, you drive down prices and you create plans that people actually want. These plans that the federal government have limited us to through these insurance companies, who wrote them? Why are they so great? Why are they chiseled in granite? Why, why must we live under that? Well, we don't have to. We don't have to. So their attack is that Donald Trump is destroying Obamacare and therefore tens of millions of people who are now on health care who weren't before are going to suffer. No, they're not. Most of the people who are on health care now, rather than before, have been shoved into Medicaid. Many people have lost their policies as a result of Obamacare and what the Democrats have done. They have lost their doctors. Uh, they have no control over their health care. Look, I have no control over my health care. I don't even understand it half the time as a result of what Obamacare has done. So what the president is doing here is good. It's called competition. It's called freedom. It's called individualism. I support this when it comes more broadly to the economy, like commerce and trade and those sorts of things. The problem with health care is it's been bureaucratized. The problem with health care is the government's iron fist. The problem with health care is the politicization of it by the left. And so when you break off little pieces and you allow people to make their own decisions, rational decisions, and you have competition, what happens? Whenever you have competition, when you're buying an automobile, when you're buying a toaster, and you want to make choices, right? You don't want the governor to say you can buy three different types of toasters or four different types of cars, and that's it. It's illegal to operate outside those boundaries. It's preposterous. And so don't listen to the squawkers on the left, the howlers on the left, and the media on the left. This is a good, tiny first step, but it's really one of the few steps the president can take unilaterally under existing statute. And imagine what would be taking place if we had a full repeal of Obamacare. You know, John McCain goes on, I want regular order, I want this to be bipartisan. How can it be bipartisan when you have one political party and a handful of progressives within the Republican Party who do not support liberty, who do not support choice other than when it comes to abortion, who do not support competition for all their talk about trashing monopolies in the private sector. The most powerful monopoly is the federal government, the central government. And in that, they not only tolerate it, they strongly support it. All right, I'll be right back. Lovin. get to that. We will get to that. And you know who is thrilled that that story has taken the front and center position in the media, Mr. Producer? The National Football League. They are thrilled. Not about what Harvey Weinstein did, obviously. They're just thrilled that there's something else out there drawing the public's attention. You know, folks... When I get up and I get up early in the morning, I, I scan the news, and I do this every day, and 
I love doing it. It's an enormous amount of work. I love doing it for radio, for Levin TV, and just for myself. And there's a zillion sources of information out there. Not just the usual media with their websites, but all kinds of media. And how many things have I posted on Facebook, Mr. Producer? It has to be an enormous number. Don't they keep a list of that or something? It's like 15,000 things over the course of whatever, years. Mr. Producer will try and find out at some point. So, today I saw something on CNN International. At least that's what it called itself, and it looked awfully official. Something to do with the Las Vegas uh, slaughter. Something to do with the security guard. And I posted the link with a simple sentence, with a question mark at the end, questioning, how can this story even be true? But nonetheless, it seems like a real story, and I post it. Then I'm tipped off that it's a fake story. And we immediately took it down. Because I don't want to promote a fake story. There was no politics involved, no conspiracy involved, no advocacy involved. I just thought it was an interesting story. And as it turns out, it wasn't a story at all. I don't know that this has ever happened to me before. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. Media Matters seizes on that. This left-wing front group, criminal front group in my opinion, because you know it's bipartisan or nonpartisan, to suggest that I'm boosting the story and that I'm promoting a conspiracy. And then sends it out to its hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of media outlets that sit there every day waiting for their Media Matters tape. I thought to myself, what the hell is that about? What is that about? I'm not promoting anything. Nothing unethical was done. Nothing political was done. I put it up. I was tipped off. I looked. Yep, it's fake. And we took it down. That's it. And oh my God, Media Matters is on the spot. Oh yes. It's an absolutely corrupt, vacuous, uh, organization that needs to be investigated for potential violations of its tax status, in my view. I don't know that it's violated its tax status or not, but somebody needs to investigate that. Just my opinion. Because it's set up as a, believe, a non-profit, but there's nothing non-profit about it. It is hate conservatives all the time, isn't it? And I suspect they work very closely with the Democrats. It's It's founder... David Brock certainly does. All right, the Iran matter. I know, you want to talk about Hollywood. We're going to get to Hollywood. We're going to get to Hollywood. But let's talk about life and death, shall we? President of the United States is going to decertify the Iran deal. I told you he would. But that's just a first step. The next step needs to be to kill it. Now, I also told you yesterday what would happen is the left would start to attack Trump, an anticipatory attack, uh, knowing that he was likely to decertify the Iran deal, allowing Congress to take steps to reintroduce and reimpose sanctions against Iran, and that what the left would do is jump up and down like uh, like uh, screaming uh, whatever, um, with their hair on fire. And they would do that 
because they don't want the president to take the next step, which is really to drop the the deal altogether. It's not a treaty to drop the deal altogether. And so they're going to make it sound like decertification in and of itself is an absolute disaster. It's irresponsible. There goes Trump. He's going to start World War III and on and on and on. That's exactly what's happening. And it starts with Nancy Pelosi, who I must now say has to be one of the dumbest members of the House of Representatives. One of the dumbest members. Cut five, go. Yesterday, we had a very interesting session with our members, with four ambassadors, the ambassador of the UN, the ambassador of the UK, ambassador of France, ambassador of Germany. Uh, they presented to our members, uh, and bottom line, basically said, if the U.S. walks away from this, we are not. We are there in this agreement with Iran, unless Iran violates the agreement. There is no evidence that they have. There's no evidence that they have, ladies and gentlemen. The evidence is overwhelming that they have. You can go on the Internet and look. We've talked about it for several days here on the radio. We've talked about it on Levin TV. The evidence is is not meager. The evidence is overwhelming that Iran has violated. I mean, I'll just give you one example. They will not allow the IAEA, an arm of the United Nations, to go on its military sites and inspect for nuclear weapons production because that's where most of it's going on. That's just one minor example. I'll be right back. Is that a copy of the Constitution you've got? Or are you just happy to see Mark Levin? Call him now at 877-381-3811. You know, the, uh, the same crowd that attacks... The president, when he's trying to provide an environment where people can purchase cheaper health care, better quality health care policies, and so forth. The same people who attack efforts to hold the Iranian regime accountable to the deal that was cut by Obama, Corker, and Cardin. Those same people, the same people who took money from Harvey Milstein and take it from Hollywood, despite knowing, quite frankly, the snakes and uh, and so forth that that uh, that populate that that town. Not all, but too many. Are not telling us that uh, Trump on the Iran deal is is irresponsible. Is irresponsible, and we have to hear these clowns on TV all the time and. They're pushed by their favorite reporters. I'll give you a perfect example. The Senator Ben Cardin. He goes on MSLSD, the morning schmo, schmo show, where there's Mr. Schmo and Mrs. Schmo. Soon to be Mrs. Schmo. A whole deliverance movie thing going on there. So Cardin, along with Corker, uh, paved the way to violate the treaty clause of the Constitution, paved the way to arm the Iranian regime paved the way to transfer tens of billions of dollars to the Iranian regime. And now, there's Cardin on MSLSD on the morning schmo acting like an expert and talking about how this is not in our national security interest. That is, if Trump just decertifies, let alone drops the Iranian deal. Cut six, go. 
first, let me say what the president is doing is, is certainly against our national security interests. He's doing this because he wants to do it, not because it's in the best interest of our country. Now, let's stop right there. So here we have a lightweight backbencher from Maryland saying that the president is taking this step, or will, not because he's interested in the country, but because he wants to do it. This guy is, is, is a buffoon who has his fingerprints all over the deal. This guy is an absolute buffoon. Go ahead. That's the question you asked is, is a quick question. We don't know what Congress will do. We do know that we have 60 days to, exer- to exercise an expedited process that would back us out of the Iran nuclear agreement. Uh, the pressure may build on Congress to take a vote on that, and the outcome is certainly not clear. So there is a big question mark as to what happens next. I think the all right, president- stop. So in other words, he doesn't want Congress to take a bite at this apple. He already sealed the deal with Obama, and the existing Congress or future Congresses shouldn't change it whatsoever. I mean, I don't know about you folks, but that Democrat, excuse me, but that prior Congress, whichever one it was, wasn't a Democrat Congress, as a matter of fact. It was Republican Senate, Republican House, as I recall. But in any event, that Congress that made it possible for Obama to do what he did, Well, whatever that Congress did must stay. No other Congress can change it because, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot change what the left does. It's just not permitted. Whether it's to change Obamacare or change this Iranian, no, you can't do it. Because if you do it, then you're for sick people and you're for people dying. Or if you do it, that means you're for nuclear weapons being shot at Los Angeles. You know, this is the left. This is the Harvey Weinstein Democrat Party. Let me repeat it so the backbenchers can recall it. It's the Harvey Weinstein Democrat Party. Go. Suggest that we can somehow change parts of the nuclear agreement. Congress can't do that. Uh, that's something that is not going to happen. We need to enforce the nuclear agreement. I, I don't understand. I don't understand, dummy. This certification versus decertification is in the deal. Every 90 days, a president has to decide, among other things, whether this is in America's national security interest. This president has wisely concluded what everybody knows. It's not. But Cardin is such an ideologue, such a hack, as one of the co-authors of this disastrous, unconstitutional process. He's going to hold on to it no matter what. Go ahead. Take action against uh, Iran in regards to its non-nuclear activities, uh, and the president's going to make that more challenging. There you go. It's Trump's fault. More Senator Cardin on the morning schmo. Cut seven, go. Well, Joe, let me tell you, what the president's doing is reckless and dangerous. Reckless and dangerous. This fool arms the Iranians. This fool makes available $150 billion to the Iranians. And this fool has the gall to say that Trump is reckless and dangerous. May I ask you a question when it's come to foreign policy? Can you show me anywhere where Trump has been reckless or dangerous? He's trying to deal with North Korea, which is reckless and dangerous, not him. And as a result of the failures of past presidents to really nip this in the butt, Trump's having to deal with it. Look at the Iranian deal. Nothing to do with the Iranian deal. This clown had everything to do with the Iranian deal and the other clowns who voted for it. Actually, more than that, the clowns who voted for the process that resulted in this. 
We actually have a guy like Corker. He votes for his own process, which undermines the Constitution and, and, and ensures that Obama will get the deal that he wants. Then he votes against the deal. Then he votes against the deal. Now we're all supposed to cover our eyes and cover our ears and pretend the Iranians are complying when we know they're not. There's overwhelming evidence. So Trump's dangerous and reckless. Go ahead. What will happen is unclear. We don't know what the international community's response will be, but we know he's putting America at much greater risk. We're close now to a military... How is he putting America at much greater risk? In any conceivable way. How is Trump putting America at much greater risk with this Iran deal if he decertifies? Go ahead. North Korea, what he's planning to do in Iran, uh, the results of that are very unclear. Uh, I agree with Senator Corker that the president's comments are reckless and dangerous. Well, of course he does, because Corker's a putz. And Corker and Cardin are the uh, brain children of the process that Obama used to ram his deal down the throats of the American people. You talk about reckless and dangerous, that would be Corker and Cardin. Disasters. Disaster. Then there's Ernest Muniz, I believe it is, the former energy secretary. Remember the guy with the bad haircut? He was on CNN today, and he was involved in negotiating this. So, you see, the lib media are bringing in the architects of the sellout of America to the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran. There you have Cardin. Now we have this guy, it's Monez, who was the energy secretary. Uh, and they bring him in for his expert advice. Go ahead, cut uh, eight, please. Well, I think if the president chooses to not certify, uh, that is already going to be uh, an, uh, a negative step. Why does everybody sound like Daffy Duck? Why do all the libs sound like Daffy Duck? They, they know they're... Are their caps or their, their crowns and their teeth missing? Or uh, they have short tongues and big teeth? I don't understand. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes I think it's the president. Go ahead. Because for one thing, it will start a process of isolating us uh, from our allies. Uh, the Iran agreement is uh, should be remembered as a multilateral one uh, with our European allies, uh, UK, France, Germany, EU, but also Russia and China. It's well then, well then. Well, if Russia and China are forced, then we have to be forced. That's absolutely true. And the socialists in France and the phony conservative in Germany and uh, the prior socialists in the UK and the, and the European allies, and, uh, and they went along with us. So, so we have to go. Let me ask you a question. The president of the United States is elected by whom? The American people? To represent whom? The American people? To follow what? The American Constitution to ensure what? America's national security? I just keep hearing we're supposed to follow the Europeans. What, follow them with government-run health care? Follow them with their refugee crisis? Follow them with their socialist economic systems? No, no, Europe should be following us. And let's be clear about something. The only reason that these appeaser countries appeased in this case is because the greatest appeaser of them all, Barack Obama, insisted on it. This is a gaggle of appeasers. And we have experienced before the appeasers acted and since the deal was signed that they're violating the deal. Now, the fact that we see it, the fact that we have a president that has the guts to stand up to it, at least 
in part, not in whole. That is, he's going to agree to decertify, we believe, but he's not going to drop the deal. And this is a big problem. It's a big problem. But as I told you today, and I told you yesterday, and I've told you before, this is the game. The strategy is pound, pound, pound away in the media against decertification. Now, decertification means um, the Iranians are in material breach. Congress has an opportunity to reinstate sanctions. Um, the negotiating countries have a right to uh, demand a cure to the violations of the deal. What these leftists are saying, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You can't even do that. You can't even do that. Go ahead. That the world came together uh, to respond to the concern about Iran having a nuclear weapon. Uh, simply, de- uh, simply not certifying uh, is already uh, a major step to shake shake that foundation. Now, of course, if we went all the way uh, and actually uh, reimposed uh, sanctions while Iran's in compliance. Now, stop uh, there. That's the, this is the big one. Reimposing sanctions while Iran is in compliance. Iran is not in compliance. Iran is not in compliance. And even if Iran was in compliance, the President of the United States has a right to decertify if he believes the deal is no longer in America's national security interest. And Donald Trump brings a completely different approach to foreign policy and love of country than Obama did. Obama wanted to fundamentally transform America, which means he didn't, didn't like America and doesn't like America. Again, you don't fundamentally transform something you like or you love. So he was taking a knee before the football players were taking a knee. That's number one. Number two, shake the foundation. Maybe this guy's missing something since their little deal that the Iranians have overthrown the government in, in Yemen, that the Iranians are are assisting Hezbollah in building uh, missile sites in Syria and in southern Lebanon, that the Iranians have uh, have uh, diverted three to $400 million to Hezbollah, which has sleeper cells in our own country, that the Iranians are advancing their ICBM program, that the Iranians will not allow the UN to, uh, to take a look at their military bases to see if there's any nuclear, uh, illicit nuclear activity taking place there, and the Iranians have said no. The Iranians have shot a satellite or two up into the orbit. Uh, they're not permitted to do that because they're doing that to assist their ICBM program. The Iranians have shot at least 14, maybe 15 ICBM missiles. They're not supposed to be doing that. The Iranians are spreading terrorism. They're not supposed to be doing that. Nancy Pelosi sees none of it. None of it. And this guy, Ernest Monez, says we shouldn't even decertify to cure the agreement and to force them to stop. He doesn't even favor that. Why? Because he's the colonel in the movie on the bridge over the River Kwai. What do you mean by that? Google it. Go ahead. Allies have made it very, very clear uh, that they would not be following us. So this would be a slippery slope uh, towards a very, very bad outcome. Something very much not well, if in our, our national... Well, if he's right and our allies aren't going to follow us, then what's the problem? If he's right and our allies are not going to follow us... And the Allies are going to impose strict sanctions on the Iranian regime and take other steps necessary to overthrow that regime. If the Allies are not going to do those things, and we are, I hope, then what's the problem? They'll still get planes from our Allies. They'll still get money from our Allies. They'll still get materiel from our Allies. So I don't understand. 
Now, here's the dirty little secret why jerks like this, who were supposed to represent the United States during the negotiations, they keep talking about the Europeans, Europeans, the Europeans won't follow us. Do you want to know why the Europeans won't follow us? Not only because they're quislings and appeasers, but it's even worse. They are making a fortune off the Iranian regime. A fortune off the Iranian regime. Because American companies are still dissuaded from doing business with Iran. The European companies, it's full bore. They are making an enormous amount of money, and so are the Russians and the Chinese. But how come Mr. Ernest Moniz doesn't tell you that? How come Mr. Ben Cardin doesn't tell you that? How come Ms. Nancy Pelosi won't tell you that? I'll be right back. Have you ever thought of Hillsdale College in terms of impacting K-12 education? Well, they are, and they're improving young lives in the process. Hillsdale has founded more than a dozen charter schools nationwide with more opening every year. They provide curricula, train their faculty, and offer support and advice. And get this, Hillsdale doesn't take a penny of these services. They do it for free. It's called the Barney Charter School Initiative, and it's funded entirely by donors. You know that a Hillsdale College education produces graduates who are cut above the rest. They're young adults of character who know how to be great citizens. Now, those same teaching methods and principles are now used by primary education, too. Learn more about this important work at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, a video there shows you how Hillsdale is building character in children all across the country, teaching these young people how to live full and flourishing lives. Hillsdale does all of this without taking one penny of government money and not one penny from the schools either. What a great, great university Hillsdale College is. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, learn a lot more about it. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The next hour, among other things, among many things, I want to also mention that uh, the media in this country cannot be trusted to accurately report or thoroughly report on what's been taking place in Hollywood for decades. What is essentially criminal activity. Now the NYPD is investigating uh, Milst, uh, what is his name? Harvey uh, Weinstein. Um, the uh, Hopefully the, uh, the federal FBI, we're told, is investigating Harvey Weinstein. It's bigger than Harvey Weinstein. It's bigger than Harvey Weinstein. And there has been a massive conspiracy of silence, a massive cover-up. Silence of the libs, I've been calling it. Silence of the libs. I think I put that on Facebook too, Media Matters, some time ago. And this is a big deal. It's not just inappropriate behavior. It certainly is that. It's not just immoral behavior. It certainly is that. It, It could easily be criminal behavior. And it is tolerated... It is facilitated. It is covered up. And Hollywood is an industry, if you will. A movie industry, a television industry, an entertainment industry. It is an industry just as much as the NFL is an industry, or, or coal is an industry, or railroads is an industry. You, you get the point. 
It's an industry. And if it's an industry that perpetuates a, a broad pattern of criminal conduct, or at least potentially criminal conduct, not only should law enforcement investigate, and not just the NYPD, and I'm, I'm concerned that we have the FBI investigating only Weinstein, as I said the other day, there ought to be a special sexual criminal FBI unit specifically created, at least temporarily, to investigate the activities taking place in Hollywood. Not the kind of movies they put out, not the kind of videos, and I'm not talking about the First Amendment. I'm talking about criminal conduct or potentially criminal conduct. We investigate oil, we investigate Volkswagen, we investigate this, we investigate that. How is it possible that the entertainment industry in Hollywood gets a pass? I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. It is our two. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know... I hear a guy like Ben Cardin, who is a left-wing Democrat kook from Maryland, and they present him as this really level-headed type, thoughtful guy. Under Donald Trump's direction, the United States is withdrawing from the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, UNESCO. UNESCO is a disaster. UNESCO is anti-American. UNESCO is anti-Semitic and anti-Israel. UNESCO took the holiest birthplace uh, in Israel and said it was part of Palestinian, uh, a burial site in Israel and called it Palestinian territory. Where Abraham is said to be buried, among others. Palestinian territory. Now, the United States withdrew, or is withdrawing from UNESCO. That would never have happened under Hillary Clinton. It would never happen under any Democrat. And Ben Cardin is Jewish. Ben Cardin is Jewish. He's a senator from Maryland. He is a liberal Democrat, a leftist. Did you hear him say a word about that? Did you hear Schumer say anything today? No. Because the leftists are leftists first. Nothing else matters. Not their ethnicity, not their religion, and may I add, not this country. This one, right here. Now as for this Harvey Weinstein matter yet again, this Harvey Weinstein matter yet again, The fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, that we cannot rely on the mainstream media, big media, to report on this accurately. The New York Times covered it up for more than a decade, and NBC went way out of its way to cover it up. Way out of its way. So it's not just Hollywood, it's the media. 
And it's not just Hollywood and the media, it's the Democrats. Harvey Weinstein was a rainmaker for the Democrats. He was a leftist and a Democrat. And there's not a single politician on the Democrat side who will ever claim to know what a scuzzball the guy was, even though how could they not? And so here's my question to you. When they're trying to raise money, the Democrats turn to three sources primarily. The trial lawyers, the big unions, and Hollywood. And Hollywood. Are we to believe that all the time the Clinton spent in Hollywood, all the time that the Obama spent in Hollywood, all the social occasions that they and other leading top Democrats have spent on the yachts of Hollywood moguls, at fundraisers for Hollywood moguls, at social events with Hollywood moguls, on both coasts of the country, are we supposed to believe that they knew absolutely nothing about Harvey Weinstein? Are we supposed to believe they know absolutely nothing about the culture of lawlessness and women abuse that takes place in Hollywood, that they don't know a thing? Surely they know something. But this is the same Democrat Party that tolerated, not only tolerated, celebrated Ted Kennedy, who killed a Capitol Hill staffer at Chappaquiddick because he didn't report it. That is, that the car went into the sink, into the canal, he swam away, he was drunk as a skunk, and left her in the car. It's been written about, you can check it out, it's been all over the place. It's the same party that circled the wagons to defend Bill Clinton, who as President of the United States was sexually abusing and assaulting women, like Kathleen Willey, a man who was accused of rape by Juanita Broderick. NBC and the other media sat on that for the longest period of time. A Democrat party that said that what Bill Clinton was doing in the White House to women was a personal matter. Who didn't want to discuss the allegation of rape raised by Juanita Broderick? Who would still trot him out during Democrat National Committee uh, nominations for president to give a speech? They still trot him out now. Who gave zillions and zillions of dollars to the Bill Clinton Library and Foundation? It's a disgrace. Absolute disgrace. It's not that the Republican Party's clean. It's not that all Republicans and conservatives are clean. Of course not. It's a lot of sleazeballs. But not like the Democrat Party. A Ted Kennedy type on the Republican side could never have survived. Never. And listen to the Democrats, or better yet, Joe Biden today goes to Rutgers University and starts trashing this guy, Harvey Weinstein. Joe Biden, who's been in government for 700 years. It's cheap coming out of Joe Biden's mouth. Absolutely cheap. It's cheap when it comes out of the Obama's mouths. It's cheap when it comes out of the Clinton's mouths. Because they don't mean it. What do you mean, Mark? They support this sort of stuff? They tolerate it. Because power is all that matters. Power. 
We sat here the other day, and I told you as it was happening, and I had the website for the National Organization for Women up on my screen. Remember, Mr. Producer? And we said, when will they put a statement out? And we waited and waited, and another day waited on day five, after Hillary Clinton put a statement out. On day five. Now, the Democrats, the left, the media, their surrogates, their organization, they have no tolerance for innocent mistakes made by conservatives or Republicans or, I should say, people who do not associate with their ideology. Innocent mistakes. Minor mistakes. No tolerance whatsoever. But they have an enormously liberal tolerance, I should say, for what takes place in Hollywood. They had to turn the other cheek. And they're still turning the other cheek. How many Democrats, now they'll do it now that I'm saying it, because they monitor this show, but let's start right here. How many Democrats have been on cable TV demanding criminal investigations? Have taken an offensive approach an affirmative approach. Very few. What most of them will say is this is intolerable, and then they'll blame society. You know, we as a people, and I don't know, we can't tolerate this as a people. Well, as a people, we don't tolerate this. I don't know, folks. Does this exist in your life? I know nothing of this. I'm not involved in this. I don't want to be associated with this. And if I heard rumors, I would be disgusted, and I wouldn't be going to that guy trying to get jobs, trying to get a movie, or anything of the sort. You and I are not part of this culture in Hollywood with the Democrats and the journalists. We don't live it. We know nothing of it. In many cases, we won't even go to their movies or watch their TV shows. Harvey Weinstein is the tip of the iceberg. I've been saying this from day one. He's the tip of the iceberg. You know how I know? I know because they were silent about Harvey Weinstein, and they will be silent about everybody else. Roman Polanski, a pedophile, who escaped the United States rather than face justice. Prominent actors and actresses in Hollywood have been lobbying for him to get a pardon, have been lobbying for him to be able to come back to the United States for years. A pedophile. They've been arguing or lobbying for years that he should be able to come back. Why? Why is that a cause celeb? Because Roman Polanski might be able to do something for them. That's why it's a cause celeb. And there's case after case of incidences like this. Producers and directors. And by the way, the molestation, and that's what it is, sexual Assault is molestation. It's, it's, it's assault. It's molestation. Apparently it didn't apply just to women. Apparently some men were sexually harassed or molested. One of them a former football player. I don't understand his silence, but you know, that's his thing. I'm just saying. We cannot rely on the media in this country to get to the bottom of this when the media had a role in sanctioning it by covering it up. 
There are no bigger media outlets than the New York Times. There are no bigger media outlets than NBC. And let me tell you something. I am sure other big media outlets knew about it too. I'm sure they did. Particularly on the West Coast. And they kept their mouth shut. Why? Because an entertainer reporter wants to talk to entertainers. And many of them are smitten by the famous. Much like these sports broadcasters, not all of them, with few but real exceptions. It's groupthink. Group, it's a cabal. It's a uh, they they live in a they have a cloistered mindset, if you will, a cloistered mindset. There's no reason you should ever believe ever again what some big time Hollywood actor or actress who is a leftist who's a leftist, has to say. No reason. Because when they could step up, they didn't step up. When they could actually do something, they didn't do anything. And, and, this, and this defense, the George Clooney defense at all, well, I heard these rumors and these vague rumors or whatever, and, but I didn't personally know. I mean, I didn't know. Oh, so he didn't witness rape. He didn't witness molestation. So therefore, he gets a pass. It's like these politicians who took enormous sons from this uh, Weinstein. Well, I'm giving it back. I'm giving, or, or I'm giving it to a woman's group, or I'm giving it to uh, you know a, a, a this group or a that group, or I'm giving it. So all of a sudden now they wash their hands and it's over. No, they shouldn't be able to. Now here's what's bothering me. On top of all the rest that's bothering me. Have you heard a single Republican? in a leading position in Congress, call for congressional hearings about the entertainment industry in Hollywood. Mark, I thought you opposed big government. This has nothing to do with big government. Nothing to do with big government. Hollywood gets subsidies and all the rest of it. What I'm saying is this has to do with criminality or potential criminality. I mean, Congress holds hearings when it comes to uh, Equifax. They hold hearings when it comes to Enron. They hold hearings when it comes to oil companies. They hold hearings, 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 hearings everywhere. Why won't they hold hearings on Hollywood and the entertainment industry? Where are the Republicans? I think it's a fair question. Where are the Republicans? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Donna Frederick Maryland, the great WMAL. Go. Hello, Mark. Um, I just wanted to comment about, first of all, Nancy Pelosi. She sounded like she was eating marbles or something. I could hardly understand what she was saying. And then we go to the wonderful Ben Cardin, who does such a great job representing no one in this state. And what's so annoying is they speak as if. The holy grail is this crazy, quote-unquote, Iranian deal. And I always think of Michelle Malkin when she said, President Obama threw these things out there like grenades, and that one was the biggest of all. And I hope it implodes all upon the Democrats because they created the mess, and we the people aren't buying it. 
Mm-hmm. You're quite right. Thank you, Donna. Appreciate your call. Let's see here. Ray Savannah, Georgia, the great WTKS. Go. Hey, good evening, Mark. You're doing a great job shining Thank the you. light on the political establishment here in the United States of America. You I got wanted it, to call baby. about the, the, the insurance changes. Trump yes. has hit a home run with this. This is a godsend for small businesses like my like my own. Um, they've never allowed us to have associations. So let's say you're a group of lawyers nationwide or you're realtors or the type of business I'm in. We used to be in the hardware business. You know, we were affiliated with a co-op. And the one thing they said, what's the number one thing you could do? And this was years ago. And I, we, generally as a committee, we'd say we'd like to, you know, have insurance offered by you guys. Because if you took 5,000 locations across the United States, think of the what the numbers would be versus take a mom and pa operation that maybe has eight or ten people, and you got, you know, 5,000 of those across trying to get insurance individually. So this is going to be a godsend for independent businesses. Mm-hmm. You might take a group like NFIB, you know, National Federation of Independent Businesses. If they offer it out, they must have 20,000 members. They would probably have... 70, 80 percent of them that would join that rather than buy their insurance local unless they're a larger organization. Mm-hmm. Well, and, uh, then you don't agree with Nancy Pelosi who says this is intended to uh, to damage Obamacare because that's all she cares about. Nancy pollution is what I call her. But in <laughs> any case, the, um, you know, uh, and when we were looking into this, when I was on an advisory committee, uh, we found out that the unions can do this. So it puts us on a, a, you know, a level playing field. A union, if you belong to, like, the, you know, say the electrical workers, uh, the national organization, they can offer insurance to all their members, whether they're in L.A., whether they're here in Savannah, whether they're up in New York, and they get one. They might have a... Hey, let me tell you something. The Screen Actors Guild, of which I'm a member and I don't get insurance with them, they do exactly that. Uh, so they, By the way, can I ask you a question? You're a businessman, correct? Way down for him. Let, let me let me ask you a question. You're a businessman, right? The uh, National Organization for Women is demanding that the Screen Actors Guild drop Harvey Weinstein from its roles. Have you heard about that? No, I haven't. No. <laughs> well. I want to be dropped from the roles, and they won't let me be dropped from the roles, and I'm not planning on hurting anybody. Uh, right. So, may I ask the, uh, the the Screen Actors Guild, please let me drop from your roles. I'm tired of subsidizing you people by, by an enormous sum of money. And keep your insurance and keep everything else and keep Harvey Weinstein. All right, Ray. Good call, baby. I appreciate it. All right. Let's see. 30. Okay. Well, that means we got to take a break. We'll continue this subject because I think it's bigger than Harvey Weinstein, even though that's pretty big. I was going to say something, and I'm glad I bit my tongue. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Well, I've been saying that this Harvey Weinstein thing is the tip of the iceberg. Emma Thompson is a well-known actress, born overseas, spends a lot of time in Hollywood, uh, but as I say, a very well-known actress. And uh, 
Here's what she had to say. Hat tip media, go. I didn't know about these things, but they don't surprise me at all, and they're endemic to the system anyway. And I, what I find sort of extraordinary is that, you know, this man is at the top of a very particular iceberg, you know. Mm. He's, I don't think you can describe him as a sex addict. He's a predator. But what he's, at, as it were, the top of, the ladder of, is uh, a system of... Um, Harassment and uh, belittling and bullying and interference and what, what my mother would have referred to in the olden days as pestering. Is he pestering you? No, it's more than pestering. Pestering, molesting. He's a molester. And uh, given the, 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 the widespread nature of this, and Emma Thompson is right in this regard. This is just the the tip of a very peculiar um, iceberg. In other words, the tip of the Hollywood scandal. This is a massive scandal, ladies and gentlemen. The issue is whether or not the appropriate oversight authorities, criminal and legislative, are going to get to the bottom of this. This is an industry. It's an entertainment industry. It's an industry like any other industry in that respect. It's a business. And if you had in the oil business, you had uh, industrialists for all these oil companies doing what Harvey Weinstein did, or even one, uh, the Democrats would be jumping up and down and demanding a congressional investigation. I don't understand where the Republicans are. Now, this isn't politics. This is serious. I don't know the, the political affiliation of the people who were molested. We don't even know all the people who were molested. What we know, obviously, isn't the whole story. And we'll never get the whole story from big chunks of the big, big media because big chunks of the big media are in the tank for the Democrats and for Hollywood. It's this, uh, it's a threesome, if you will. It's a threesome. Media, Democrat, party, and Hollywood. You know, protecting your family is your number one responsibility. Simply safe home security is a great way to do that. You know, years back, Simply Safe's founder is in a grad school at Harvard when his friends start getting robbed in Boston. And they came to him and they said, hey, we can't buy a security system. They have to be hardwired. We don't own our houses. There's a three-year contract. Home security is extremely expensive. So he thinks to himself, okay, there's got to be a better way. So you know what he does? He does what Americans do. He figured it out. He invented something for them. He invented Simply Safe. Simply Safe is a totally wireless, cutting edge security system. It's top shelf, complete security with 24 7 alarm, alarm monitoring and police dispatch. And with Simply Safe, there are no contracts or hidden fees. You'll, you're never locked into the company. Simply Safe's popularity has soared since then. And they're protecting 2 million people right now, including us. And I want you to check out Simply Safe. You'll get 10% off, 10% off. Uh, at simplysafemark.com, simplysafemark.com. Or if you want your home protected even sooner, like tonight, you can go to Best Buy, although it's kind of late. Uh, but Simply Safe, that's 10% off your home security system at simplysafemark.com, simplysafemark.com. Go get your 10% off and get your security for your family and for your home. What is that? TMZ exclusive. 
This is TMZ. Media Matters may better check this out. Harvey Weinstein contract with TWC, that would be the the, uh, Weinstein company, allowed for sexual harassment. TMZ exclusive. Harvey Weinstein may have been fired illegally by the Weinstein company. I doubt that, but that's their heading. A company that wrote a contract that said Weinstein could get sued over and over for sexual harassment as long as he shelled out money that was good enough for the company. TMZ is privy to Weinstein's 2015 employment contract, which says that means probably Weinstein's lawyers or consultants or friends leaked it, which says if he gets sued for sexual harassment or any other misconduct that results in settlement or judgment against the Weinstein company, all Weinstein has to do is pay what the company's out along with a fine, and he's in the clear. According to the contract, if Weinstein, quote, treated someone improperly in violation of the company's code of conduct, he must reimburse TWC for settlements or judgments accordingly. And additionally, you, meaning Weinstein, will pay the company liquidated damage of a quarter of a million dollars for the first such instance, half a million for the second such instance, three quarters of a million for the third such instance, and one million for each additional instance. The contract says as long as Weinstein pays, it constitutes a cure, a cure for the misconduct, and no further action can be taken. Translation, Weinstein can be sued over and over. As long as he wrote a check, he keeps his job. The contract has specific language as to when the board of directors can fire Weinstein. If he's indicted or convicted of a crime, but that doesn't apply here. Well, not yet. There's another provision. He can be fired for the perpetuation by you, meaning Weinstein, of a material fraud against the company. The question, where's the fraud? And it goes on. You see, more of a reason for congressional oversight. We need to unmask what's going on here, ladies and gentlemen, because of all the collusion that's involved. The collusion and the silence of the lips in Hollywood. Maybe we should call it Holly Steen. I don't know. After after Harvey. Let's take a call here. Let us go to Corey, Jensen Beach, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hey, Mark. I'm honored. How are you doing tonight? Thank you. How are you, sir? Good. I met you down at the Palm Beach Gardens uh, book signing. I was a crazy guy. I rode my bike 38 miles down there to meet Whoa, you. Whoa. I remember you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well worth it. Um, getting back to a topic the last hour, I think it's really sad and sickening that uh, they're trying to make Trump look like a warmonger, um, endangering America, not only in terms of the Iran deal, but in terms of dealing with uh, North Korea and Kim Jong Fat Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, like you pointed out, Obama weakened this great nation severely over his eight years, and uh, those. Um, and, and by the way, he greatly strengthened Iran. Of course, with this deal. He weakened America, and he strengthened Iran. Yeah, and uh, not only that, we have these islands in the South China Sea, which are a disaster as well. And, uh, you know, to add insult to injury, these people that are responsible for creating this deal, they won't even take responsibility for their actions, as you pointed out earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to comment, too, on the announcement that uh, the USA pulled out of UNESCO. I wasn't sure if you are aware of it, but I heard you commented on it while I was on hold. So you were aware of that situation, which is great I news. I am aware on that. Yep. All right, my one, friend. One final Go thing ahead. about Hillary. Uh, yep. Hillary is a champion of women, but if you ever notice, she's surrounded by Bill. She's surrounded by Harvey Weinstein, and last but not least, Carlos Strange, a.k.a. Anthony Weiner. 
Yeah, right. No, Hillary is for Hillary, and uh, she's a chameleon. What has Hillary done for women? I know what she's done to women, particularly the women who have accused uh, her so-called husband of sexual molestation and rape and so forth. But what has Hillary ever done for women? Nothing. Not a damn thing. What has Hollywood done for women? Well, it's what they've done to women, not for women. Thank you for your call, my friend. Let's continue. Joe, Baltimore, Maryland on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hey, Mark. How you doing? I spoke with you on a night of the riot here in Baltimore. It's a privilege yeah. and honor to speak with you. Well, thank you, but sir. Appreciate it. In any event... Um, and Baltimore is a much safer place now, isn't it? Yes, it is. The murder mm-hmm. rates through the roof were the highest per capita murder rate in the country now. Yeah, well, at least, at least your police force has been nationalized and is now under control. Because that, of course, was the great threat to the citizens of Baltimore. Yes, of course, because they're too busy chasing statues around, you know, and yeah, exactly. uh, taking a knee. Yep. But in any you event, um, I want to know why this Harry Weinstein... Steen, um, excuse you. Well, I'm sorry, Weinstein. Um, there's not a congressional hearing on this. Because, I don't know. Um, the, the thing about it is, okay, with baseball, with the steroids thing, we had to have a congressional hearing on that, right? And you all had to go up there and testify in front of Congress. Wait a minute, I have an idea. Joe, you're brilliant. Why don't we just say they have a steroid problem in, in Hollywood? Exactly. So maybe it's all Viagra. You know, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, whatever the case may be. But right. They they want to, to. I have nothing but contempt for the left. Mm-hmm. Okay. They destroy everything. The Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, get bathrooms. You name it. They're chasing statues around. You know, I'm, people are over. The football players taking the knee. I don't watch football. I love football. I don't watch mm-hmm. it anymore because it's nonsense. People are fed up. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call. Well said. Let's keep rolling, shall we? Mark, Arlington, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hey, Mark. Uh, you have to get deeper into this when you start talking about these leftists out in Hollywood. This is the way they live their lives minute to minute, hour by hour, day by day. They're all in it. They want to be free to live the amoral life. And they do. Mm-hmm. I lived around those people for 21 years. What did you do without being too specific? Well, I was a programmer. You programmed? It was after, after I got out of the Army. Mm-hmm. West Point grad, got out of the Army after my service. Started trying to make some money out here, like everybody else had been doing for a long time. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand these people. They live life with a different filter on their brains. I agree with you. There was an article in Scientific American, which I don't take anymore, because they got too political a few years back. You can take, I don't remember whether it's an MRI or a CAT scan, you can tell the difference between a leftist and a conservative just by the CAT scan. Mm -hmm. Well, there's another way you know. (laughs) The leftists walk around with their pants around their ankles, and the rest of us kind of, you know, we use a belt. All right, my friend, thanks for your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, have you heard of Upside? Upside. 
If you travel for business, do you travel for business? Well, it's a game of wins and losses. Popping open an overhead bin and finding it empty, that's a win. Sleeping through a wake-up call, that's a loss. Buying your business trip at Upside.com. Well, that's not just a win. That's a triple win. With the amazing six-star treatment you'll get from Upside's customer service specialist, and they will call you. You know what? They call them navigators. One recent Upside customer was called away for an emergency meeting and had to miss his wife's birthday. So a navigator sent her flowers to try and help ease the disappointment. That's pretty nice, right? And that's just one example of so many of how upside navigators go above and beyond for business travelers. Imagine what they'll do for you. And I'm going to start your upside six-star treatment right now. Go to upside.com, upside.com. Use my code MARK, code MARK. You'll get a minimum $100 gift card to Amazon.com. It's that simple. And they're going to find you the best deals you want, whether it's package deals, a hotel, a flight, rental car, and so forth. Whether you want to break them out, the kind of travel you want to do, they are really easygoing, and they are really in your corner, and they really want to do right by you. Many of you travel a lot. Many of you have a lot of business travel. Well, these folks want to help you. That's what Upside does. That's their expertise. That's their profession. So I want you to check it out. It's Upside.com code MARK for a minimum $100 gift card to Amazon.com when you buy your next business trip at Upside.com. It's Upside.com because you deserve a better business trip. Now, I know on the East Coast it's almost 8 p.m., and on the West Coast that means it's almost 5 p.m., and you're thinking, hell, I'm going home. I'm not going to worry about a business trip. No, 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 no. I want you to check them out. Upside.com code mark. You've heard me talk about them many times before. I have a question for next hour that you can ponder, and we'll jump into it. Put your, put your mindset in the liberal mindset. I know it's painful, but you don't have to be particularly intelligent. Let's do it anyway. Put your mindset in the liberal mindset. Here's my question. If as your typical Low IQ liberal, like Chris Matthews says, that the Second Amendment, the Second Amendment, doesn't apply to uh, bazookas, and nuclear weapons, and so forth. Fair enough. Then my question to you, does the First Amendment apply to television networks? Now, you and I know that it does, but that's not my point. This is a logic question. Were there television networks in existence when the Bill of Rights were adopted and ratified by the states? No. They never would have thought of anything. There were no televisions, as a matter of fact. So, I want you to help us square this circle, as they say. If the Second Amendment only applies to muskets... Does free press under the First Amendment only apply to pamphlets? If you're a liberal, would you give us a call? I have a special number for you. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. That's my question. That's my question. Let us go to Matt, Sacramento, California, listing all the way on the great KSFO. How are you? 
I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you once again for taking my call. I've been listening to this conversation about Harvey Weinstein. And here is something for us to think about. One of the main reasons our country has lost its moral compass and, you know, we, we're, we're, we're just lost. We're, Christians are afraid to speak out. We see this trash and filth on TV. We're afraid to say anything about it. And then we consume it. We consume it. Mm-hmm. And we allow our children and our grandchildren to consume this filth. Mm-hmm. And so the Harvey Weinsteins of the world, they're like, you know, running to the bank with our money. Why can't we, um, uh, you know, not consume the filth? And that would have a greater impact than, you know, folks just saying, oh, uh, look what he's done. No, look what we've done. We've allowed it to happen. We've allowed it to happen. So I just, you know, I just wanted to make that point that as and your point consumers, is these people wouldn't be powerful and wealthy, but for us. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And let me just throw this last thing in here. When I when I talked with you last time, I told you that you inspired me to not just sit around and complain. And I'm saying this to all of the listeners. Do something. If you're a writer, write something positive. If you're a singer, sing something positive. If you're a blogger, blog, blog. Talk to your neighbors. You know, we have to get involved. And you inspired me to write this song. I said it before. Stand for my country and it's at standformycountry.com let me let me ask you Matt did you get many uh, inquiries after you were on the show the first time yes I did and I appreciate it so much I've started conversations with people all over the country and I'm starting conversations with people in my neighborhood and you know it's up to us it's up if it's gonna be it's up to you and me we have to have the conversation so once again, I'm going to... Matt, Matt, I got a roll. You're very, very inspiring. I appreciate it. Keep at it. And we need, uh, you know, millions and millions of people to do exactly the same thing. And I think we have a lot who do, actually. Thank you for your call, sir. We've got a full hour. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of interest, and I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. This is our three. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Those, um... Fires in California, what a incredible disaster. Incredible disaster. Now 29 people are dead, hundreds are missing. And that's a horrible way to go, too. And uh, even Mets legend Tom Seaver, I remember Tom Seaver very, very well. He and his wife Nancy fled from their Napa Valley home as flames bore down on their wine country property, the Mercury News reported via the New York Post. The couple fled from Calistoga at 4 a.m. Wednesday, reunited with relatives in South Lake Tahoe later in the day, along with their six cats, five dogs, and a parrot, and his daughter, Ann Seaver. They were among tens of thousands displaced by the deadly fires, which have claimed a lot of lives. So who knows? Who knows? 
All right, I want to play something for you. You know, the morning schmo is quite the foil, isn't he? In fact, the whole conga line over there at uh, MSLSD, filled with foils for programs like this. The morning schmo doesn't realize how thoroughly and completely he is despised by tens of millions of Americans. Not because they're watching his show, because they aren't. It's because a show like this one will play audio from his show. So you've got the morning schmo and soon-to-be Mrs. Schmo, a.k.a. Mika Brzezinski. Cut 15, go. People, Mika, need to stop. Senators need to stop. They need to listen and they need to understand that the President of the United States said that he was going to look into uh, undermining and actually destroying the most sacred right, uh, constitutional right that Americans have had, again, since 1787. Uh, and uh, the fact that he's talking that way... Oh, well, 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 just to show you, just a technical point, what a complete moron this guy is. In 1787, when the men in Philadelphia drafted and then adopted the Constitution of the United States... Did it have a Bill of Rights, Mr. Producer? No, it didn't have a Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights came later. The Bill of Rights was adopted and proposed to the states by the first Congress. So first the Constitution was adopted in Philadelphia, then ratified in the states. Then the Congress met, the first Congress... And these amendments, actually 12 amendments, but 10, uh, but 10 amendments were ratified by the states, including the First Amendment. He's referring to freedom of the press. So when he says since 1787, he's trying to link it to the Constitution. The guy is a moron, an absolute moron. And trust me when I tell you, nobody sitting around that table at MSLSD, none of the, uh, none of the executives there had any idea that what the guy said, that it is the morning schmo, was moronic. But now you do. Go ahead. In a way, no other president has ever spoken in American history, showing complete ignorance of the Constitution, the law. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No other president has spoken in American history? Now, with all due respect, did, uh, did Joe Scarborough ever hear of John Adams and the Alien and Sedition Acts? You've heard of that, right, Mr. Producer? The Alien and Sedition Acts where people could go to prison for criticizing the Adams administration. Perhaps Joe Scarborough, the morning schmo, isn't familiar with Abraham Lincoln, who I'm a great, great admirer of, who put journalists in prison. Now, I don't agree with Trump in the least with his point about checking the license for this or that, and he didn't suggest that he would. He throws these questions out there, and I think he throws them out there so the public can have a debate about it. And he throws them out there to underscore and put an exclamation mark behind the fact that the media are corrupt. And the media are corrupt. Just look at this Hollywood situation. Just look at the so-called Russian collusion situation. Look at the FISA court issue. Look how I was under attack as a right-wing conspiracy theorist when, in fact, what I said was truthful. And based on what the media had reported previous. Go ahead. 
240 years of president shows, again, that he is just, he's disconnected. Not fit. And I think we're at the point well, where the conversation has changed. Well, he's easily not fit. Well, he's easily not fit, darling. I mean, uh, Mika. He's easily not fit. Future morning schmo. What if he did say on the set, darling or honey, you know what you call your wife or your would-be wife normally? How come he doesn't do that? How come you can't do that? Or how come you won't do that? Just a side point. Cut 16, he wasn't done. Go. Of all the things, the shocking things the president has said, um, and he said so many, um, you know, call, you know, channeling Chairman Amal. Do you realize what low IQ stuff this is on this on this this wasted carbon footprint they call MSNBC? What low IQ? You have a a failed former congressman who was a failed radio host, Amika Brzezinski, who was a failed partner radio host. They just are stammering and droning on and. They don't know history. They don't have the facts. And they sit there and they they go on with each other. Oh, my Lord. Go ahead. Stalin by calling the media. So stop. So, so now Trump is channeling Mao and Stalin. Does it get stupider than these people? No, it doesn't. Well, yes, it does. It's called CNN. Go ahead. The people. Um, saying that First Amendment rights, saying the ability of newspapers to write what they want to write is quote disgusting and someone should look into it maybe actually he didn't say that he talked about licenses didn't he rich licenses not news i mean if you're going to criticize the guy at least know what you're talking he's rambling on mr low iq former congressman former radio host and a joke of a tv host go ahead the most frightening uh of 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 all and the most disgusting yeah, most disgusting. I don't agree with what the president said. I don't. I'm a constitutional conservative. But if you're a liberal, how do you explain things here? How do you explain? Let, let's let's just dissect this a little bit. You believe there are limits on the Second Amendment. I do too, by the way. There you go. Limits on the Second Are there limits on the First Amendment? Are there limits on the First Amendment? Television networks didn't exist when the Bill of Rights were adopted. Just like bazookas didn't exist. Let's try Chelsea, Hoboken, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go! Hello? Chelsea? Chelsea? Oh, she hung up. Oof. I didn't even say anything. I was. I was brutal. Again, the question, there are callers up here, but I want to, I want to get a liberal. The questions, the question is, we get this argument by the left all the time. You know, you know, know, when the Second Amendment was adopted, they say, uh, there weren't bazookas, there weren't tanks, and I'm quoting Chris Matthews and doing my imitation of him. So, uh, what about that? But when the First Amendment was adopted, along with the Second Amendment, there weren't television networks either. There weren't media corporations either. What about that? 
No, no, no. Can't touch that. And I don't want to touch them. I want to make this clear. I'm doing an exercise in logic here, which makes it very tough when you're talking to the left. So if freedom of the press, the media pretty much has very, very few limits. But the Second Amendment should be relatively easy to change, not with an amendment on the amendment, but by outlawing this and outlawing that and outlawing this. Where does that come from? Why is one amendment treated one way and another amendment treated another way? I'm quite serious. I I want liberals to try and explain this to us. I don't speak for everybody, but most of us who believe in the Second Amendment understand there are certain limits. And I explained that the other day. The purpose of the Second Amendment, apart from the militia part, as as it applies to the right to bear arms, is a right to defend yourself. It's an unalienable right. Sure, a right to hunt and to target you. That's not really the purpose. The purpose of the Second Amendment is the right to defend yourself. Defend your property, defend your, your family. You don't need a bazooka or a tank or a nuclear weapon to do that. I know, it, it, it's an imperfect analysis, but that's what it is. That's what, that's what I believe, and that's the fact. That's the history of it. But in terms of the First Amendment, you know, there's very, very few countries, very, very few countries that have anything like the First Amendment particularly as it applies to freedom of speech. Well, we have found a liberal in, of all places, San Francisco. Michael, liberal, San Francisco, the great KSFO. How are you, sir? I'm great, Mark. Thanks for having me on. I am one of your few, uh, presumably few, uh, loyal liberal uh, listeners. No, no, 25% of my audience consists of liberals. Do you know that, sir? I did not know that at all. But uh, me, neither, me neither. I made it up. Go right ahead. Yeah, I was going to say I was skeptical. Um, well, first of all, obviously there are limits to the First Amendment, uh, just as obviously NBC running a story with multiple sources who are in the room don't constitute that. No, 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 but seriously, when it comes to freedom of the press, there are not a lot of limits. Pardon? When it comes to freedom of the press, there are some limits, but there are not a lot of limits. I said there are limits, but there aren't a lot. You're right, and I of course, very agree few. with you that... The president's statement not only was sort of silly and specious and self-involved as they usually are, but but don't but, but, but at least he but at least he hasn't done wiretaps on a media outlet as far as we know. At least he hasn't authorized intercepting uh, phone calls uh, by a Fox reporter and his parents. Right? He hasn't done that. that, are you that Obama, Obama did that. Visa warrants now. Obama did that, and Eric Holder did that. Ah uh, well. Uh, the, the thing I really wanted to ask... No, 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 hold on, hold on. We'll, we'll get to your, the thing you really want to get to, but I just want to point that out. I don't remember Joe Scarborough um, accusing of uh, uh, Obama being similar or channeling Chairman Mao and Joseph Stalin when his outstanding Attorney General... Right, you think Eric Holder was outstanding, don't you? When his outstanding Attorney General was uh, uh, conducting uh, domestic espionage on the Associated Press and Fox News... Uh, I think that Barack Obama was an outstanding president, and I think. No, but you're not answering my question. That's just a fortune cookie response. 
not know the history of precisely what you are referring to. Oh, come to on. You, you do. It's been out there. All right. Anyway, but you know all the history of Trump, and you know he's no good. Anyway, let's get to the point you wanted to get to. Well, I wanted to ask you what you feel uh, the limits are on the Second Amendment, because I've listened to you for a long time, and I've never, I don't think I've ever heard you say that. I'm not there are very, there very few say. limits on the Second Amendment, as far as I'm concerned. And I've explained it in the context of the right to defend yourself. Originalist, the, the, you you're, not even, you're not even listening to me. You're not even listening to me. But that's why you're a good lip. Let me try it again. There's two parts of the Second Amendment. One deals with a militia, that a state can raise a militia. Do you know what the purpose of that is? Uh, at the time, it was to prevent slave rebellions. No, at the time, it was to ensure the states that if the new central government violated the Constitution, the states could go... The, the states could defend themselves. And this is what amazes me. Liberals cite this all the time. To prevent slave rebellions. Man, oh man, Ashevitz. Can you tell me where that is in Madison's notes? Uh, I was no, you can't. Just recently, someone Madison's notes actually have nothing to do with it. All right, now, number two. The second part of the Second Amendment. The right to bear arms. The purpose of the right to bear arms is to protect yourself protect your family, and to protect your property. There is a side point that people argue, which I can buy into, but it really wasn't the primary point. It's to hunt. You don't need a bazooka. You don't need a, a, a tank. You don't need a nuclear weapon to protect yourself. And those could become, um, uh, you know, people out of control with those weapons can destroy, you know, entire neighborhoods and so forth. When it comes to automatic weapons or semi-automatic weapons or military-looking weapons and so forth and so on, no, I believe the Second Amendment protects that. How about background checks? Do background check, does a universal background check and a gun ownership database prevent me from protecting my family? States, states, first of all, they don't protect you from anything. If somebody wants to kill you, do you think they're going to sit for a background check, sir? I mean, can you use your head? If somebody wants to kill you, they want to get a gun, are they going to get a gun legally? Are they going to sit for a background check? If they're denied a gun, you think they're going to stop? No. So this whole thing is absurd, and yet here we are every day debating it. Um, what was your question besides background uh, checks? What's interesting is, and I, I tell my conservative friends this too, the, the Bill of Rights originally had no application to the states. Are you aware of that? No application to... The states. No application to the states. It was intended to protect the individual from the federal government. Then there was a a, a doctrine called the incorporation doctrine that the Supreme Court used, recognizing this fact, and has incorporated some of the amendments whole, some of the amendments in part, and some of the amendments not at all, has incorporated them to apply to the states. It's called the incorporation doctrine. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, I have, but I couldn't have explained it as well as you, so I'm learning something. Okay, so theoretically, but we have these Supreme Court decisions, states can allow whatever they want, or states can disallow whatever they want. But the court has essentially said, but not when it comes to the all aspects of the Second Amendment. So to some extent, the Second Amendment has been incorporated to apply to the states and federal Authority, to some extent, has been uh, read to apply to the states. 
Now, Michael, I would honestly love to have a longer discussion with you. Mr. Beducer says I'm over time. But I really do appreciate it. You're a good caller. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Chad, Boston, Massachusetts, the Mark Levin app, a liberal. How are you, sir? I'm doing, I'm doing good, Mark. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good, good. I'm glad to we hear have, that, We Mark. have one minute. Go for it, baby. Let's get down to brass tacks here. Yeah. I want to tell you that I think guns are dangerous. And I well, think they are. Should be out of... Oh, sure. They are dangerous. Sure. Like, for instance, yeah. you don't want to point them at yourself. You know what? The First Amendment can be dangerous, too. Yeah. So, in a, in a weird way, I'm kind of agreeing with you on some matters because... You're not agreeing be- with me because I'm putting the argument out as a logic test. I don't agree with limiting What uh, logic? I find your logic press. completely fallacious. Well, of course so. you would because you're a leftist and you live in the, uh, in the wonderful city of Boston. It is a beautiful city. I like to visit it and so forth and... You got really good fish there and so forth, but uh, your politicians suck. And the only way you get sucky politicians is when clowns like you vote for them. All right, I'll be right back. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Maybe I covered too much territory too quickly, and that's possible. I didn't say the incorporation doctrine was in the Constitution. I specifically said it's not. It's not. What am I doing? Oh, friends, it's hard to believe that 2017 is almost over. Time doesn't stand still. So don't waste another minute. Join AMAC right now. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is the leading conservative voice for Americans age 50 and up. And they are resolved to continue their mission to restore America's moral compass, to make America a better place for our children, and to save America from the left. And as an AMAC member, and I am an AMAC member, you'll also gain access to a variety of exclusive benefits and discounts that will help you save lots of money. And they are terrific. From car insurance and Medicare plans to discounts on hotels, car rentals, and more, AMAC is the organization to join. A voice for conservatives in Washington, exceptional benefits, it is a terrific organization. Join AMAC now at www.amac.us. That's www.amac.us. Or call AMAC toll-free at 888-262-2006. That's 888-262-2006. The Association of Mature American Citizens, the benefits are great, but the cause is even greater, so join AMAC today. Why are the liberals so angry tonight? Or why are they always angry? I thought they were happy pulling down statues and so forth. Frank, Kalamazoo, Michigan, on the Mark Levin app. Go! Hey, Mark. Thanks so much for taking my call. It's a pleasure to be on your show. So thank you, you very much. Thank you. Well, sir, um, you know, first of all, I just want to say I revere you as a commentator and a legal scholar. So thanks again. It's an honor to be talking you, to you. You don't I've have read. to kiss up to me before you disagree with me. Just uh, go ahead. <laughs> No, no, I'm not disagreeing. Actually, in fact, I wanted to say that um, it's kind of a weird thing. This, I guess, I don't know where I'm coming in here, but 
I think both the First Amendment and the Second Amendment have their, you know, notable limitations in terms of first being the First Amendment regarding the incitement of violence and hate speech, particularly versus the limitations. No, no, no. let's talk about I was comparing freedom of the press specifically. Well, you know, the limitations on the press, I think, are pretty limited, with the exception of maybe gag orders that I can, you know, think of. Exactly. Um, Go ahead. So my point is when Joe Scarborough goes off and first gets his dates wrong and gets his history wrong, it just... (laughs) <laughs> just occurred to me. Let's get let's let's try and, and and square this circle with the left's logic. If the Second Amendment and they don't even, forget about bazookas and nuclear war uh, warheads and so on. I mean they they want to destroy the Second Amendment. If they had their way, they feel that it's a wide open field and they can outlaw whatever they want. Okay, so that's the truth. Let's be honest about that. And yet, when it comes to freedom of the press. They're all upset with Trump talking about maybe we ought to look at the license for NBC or whomever, which I strongly disagree with. And I don't believe a network has a license anyway. I believe individual stations do. I'm no expert on that. But I'm saying if you're a liberal, how do you explain this? How do you explain this that it's like Mao Zedong or Joseph Stalin when you talk about freedom of the press that way? But when it comes to the Second Amendment, we need common sense, you know, this and common sense that. Well, I think the I think when you you have to one look from a social standpoint, the media's like role, I think in their decision making and how it interacts with the president's role in communicating with the American people. But that that's fine. But I'm saying that's that their argument is when we the Second Amendment was adopted and ratified, we had no machine guns. So essentially, their argument is. It stands still. So whatever you had at that time, whatever kind of weapons you had, that's a, that's all that the framers were thinking about, or those who ratified, I should say, were thinking about. And I'm saying, okay, well, there wasn't, there weren't television networks either. So are they still protected by freedom of the? Of course they are. So let let me just give my conclusion. My point is that when they make that argument about the Second Amendment, it's nonsensical. Just if I were to make the same argument when it comes to freedom of the press, it would be nonsensical. I'm just trying to expose Scarborough on the left for the nonsensical buffoons that they are. Right. And I think that's why I called in to make my comment, because I think, you know, following that logic, the First Amendment, if you flip it on them, can be just as dangerous if you wanted to put limits on the press, can be equally as dangerous, not necessarily the press, but on speech, can be equally dangerous as bullets in terms of incitement of violence against a particular group of people, can be just as dangerous as using a weapon in a concentrated instance. Well, it would depend on the circumstances, but I think your point is if the government has the power to do that, we've already reached a very, very dangerous point, haven't we? Oh, absolutely. Well, I think, and I think particularly the leftist agenda, agenda disguised as a, progressive, you know, objective can be particularly dangerous and I think ostensibly positive, but rather is kind of a a wolf in sheep's clothing. Well, right, because the communist world is filled with examples, right? These are revolutions apparently for the people when in fact it's the people who are the target of the revolutions. All right, Frank, thank you for your call, my friend. Judy, San Luis Obispo, California, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hi, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to let you know the people that call in and try to um, 
uh, talk about the Second Amendment and tell you that you're wrong. I just wanted to let you know I know the answers to all of their questions because I watch CRTV and I learned from the segment you just had um, a few nights ago on the Second Amendment. It was wonderful. And I knew all of their answers. It was so exciting that I could actually answer those people's questions because I watch CRTV and I learned all about the Second Amendment. And thank you so much for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We uh, we work very hard on Levin TV, but we have a lot of fun, too. Levin TV is a program within CRTV. By the way, did you hear uh, Phil Robertson is joining us at CRTV as a permanent I, host? Did you hear that? I did. I saw that, and I'm really excited about that. I do watch Michelle Malkin, and I, I watch um, these days. I watch all of them. I've had CRTV now for about a year. And I never miss an episode, never. And I just wanted thank to thank you. you for the one episode you did on the Second Amendment because it was very informative. It explained everything clearly. You explained everything. And I can actually now debate this with my friends that are kind of more on the liberal side regarding the gun control. And I can actually debate them now. And it's actually exciting. To, you know, it is exciting. To do that. It is. And it makes me feel good that I know what I'm talking about, and instead of just pulling stuff out of the air, I can, you know, I actually can have a logical and a sensible conversation with them, and um, and I literally right, my you know, answer to your TV. Thank you very, very much. And by the way, Steve Crowder's great too. I was on his show, I think, yesterday. You take care. You take care. Marty, Nashville, Tennessee, the great WWTN country. Go. Hey, buddy, appreciate you taking the call. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Two points I'd make really quick. The deal Obama did with Iran by shipping over plane loads of money, we know without a doubt that every one of our soldiers that have come back from the Middle East, Afghanistan, Iraq, so forth, so on, has been wounded, injured, killed, or attacked with weapons that were bought with USA money provided by Obama. So we have furnished our enemies, being Iran, the right and the ability to utilize terrorism against us. What Trump is going to attempt to do is absolutely marvelous. Secondly, you cannot legislate human behavior. What happened in Vegas, terrible tragedy, should have never happened. A lot of questions still have answered, possible multiple shooters, whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. You say possible multiple shooters. I'm not aware of possible multiple shooters. Well, you get on the internet long enough, you'll see enough conspiracy. Well, I know, but uh, I, I, I know, but, but uh, I'm on radio, and we got to be careful with with the information. Anyway, I got to run anyway. And Media Matters has tried to play games too uh, that there's all these conspiracy theories going on. Therefore, when Mark mistakenly puts a link on there. What a, what a bunch of uh, Cro-Magnums over there, truly. Rhonda, Fargo, North Dakota, the great WZGF. Go. Hi, Mark. Um, I'm a truck driver, and I wanted to call in about the media, the newspaper, and the TV. Right. When I am in my own personal vehicle, I am fine. When I step truck, make a step onto this truck... All rules change for me because I am doing interstate commerce. When the media, such as the newspaper and TV, do interstate commerce, I think rules ought to change for them. They do not have the right to deceive the American people with 
with their lives and I, I, I hate to tell you this I hate to tell you this they do have the right to do that they do have the right uh, yes because because as applies to the freedom of the press the commerce clause is irrelevant oh great and the commerce clause has been abused in so many ways as applies to all other businesses no so freedom of the press has a, a specific protection. But so do other things have a specific protection that the press has absolutely no respect for whatsoever. And the hardest one for the left to deal with is the Second Amendment. And conservatives should be, should be embracing these arguments about the Second Amendment. I have no problem with it. Like the goofball from Boston, uh, Mark, I don't agree with your logic. And unfortunately, I didn't have time to deal with him in any effective way because I was over the... Uh, a hard break. What kind of truck do you drive? Semi-tractor trailer pulling a hopper. Wow. How long have you been but doing that? 34 years. 34 years. Have you always but, been in uh, North Dakota? Well, no. I, um, I'm i in like a seven-state area. Mm-hmm. We haul all the fertilizer out the barges in St. Paul out to a seven-state area. Wow. They, they, it's fertilizer to grow crops and stuff. Yep. But yep. like I told these guys, come December, December 18th, if they don't change that e-log rule that's supposed to go into effect, they're going to lose three-quarters of us older drivers. Now, now, now what's, the, what's the e-log rule? Well, they want to put, they, they've mandated, the FMSCA has mandated that there must be electronic logs in every truck that does interstate commerce. So instead of Why? paper look, Why? Well, because after 14 hours, the truck will shut you down. There is no ifs, ands, and buts about it. You will go to five miles an hour. I, I, I know, but you see, that's really big brother. Yeah. Reaching into trucks. You know, we, we have to trust our truck drivers the way we trust, uh, you know, all other drivers. Uh, what next? GPS uh, stuck in our shoulders so, so they can make sure that we're going where we're supposed to go? Evidently. No, nah, I don't dig they, that. They know they need to know when we stop, when we go, where we're at, because it's yes. got GPS in it. Yeah. And you know, you know, for for a pedestrian like me, so to speak, when I drive by big eighteen wheelers and semis and so forth, you got so many certificate or license numbers on the car; it's just unbelievable on the truck. I mean. Yeah. It is regular. And then you got way stations and this, that, and the other. It never ends. But, you know, I, I have wrote to our, our congressman and I wrote to the senators in North Dakota and I said, you know, we have fertilizer that they need to plant in the spring. We are at the beginning of the food chain. When we sit in fertilizer lines for seven, eight hours, we're only allowed to drive 11 hours. We can have 14 total. This yeah. is going to screw everything up. And there are going to be fields in the spring that aren't going to be planted. Do you know what that's going to do to your, oh, yeah. your food prices? And All right, my friend. Well, part of the problem is you're not the, you may haul fertilizer, but that member of Congress probably creates fertilizer. All right, my friend. We'll be right back. Lovin. Right, Bart, John Nolte, 
Amazon Studios executive Roy Price has been suspended following accusations of sexual harassment against a television producer. So on leave of absence, effective immediately, I'm just reading from this, Representative Amazon said in a statement tonight, I'm telling you, I'm just reading what's there, I'm telling you that this is a very broad scandal. It's a very big-time scandal. And that people like me and others are going to have to stay on top of this because the uh, big media are not going to. I really don't believe they are. And I'm waiting for the Republicans in Congress uh, and the Democrats who like to investigate every industry. Uh, I want to know, will Hollywood Inc., Hollywood Inc. be investigated? The silence of the the liberals, will they be investigated? I don't mean the ideology. You know what I mean, the industry. Well, folks, in light of current events, you know, the need to protect yourself and your family legally and responsibly seems more important than ever to me which is why the USCCA wants to be your guide on a simple and rewarding journey to complete concealed carry and home defense confidence. And you're not alone. They want to give you a 100% free copy of the Complete Concealed Carry and Family Defense Guide. Honestly, it's more of a book, bringing you 164 pages of everything you need to know about protecting yourself and your family in an ever-changing and dangerous world. And you'll quickly discover how to detect attackers before they see you, the safest and most dangerous places to sit in a restaurant, how to responsibly own and store a gun, what to do and how to survive mass shootings, and a whole lot more. It comes with a bonus audio version for your car. Now, this life-changing guide is 100% free, but only for a limited time. Visit DefendThem.com right now for your free copy. Once again, that's DefendThem.com, DefendThem.com. All right, let's see here. How about Sean Nixon, Missouri, the great KSGF? Go. Hello there, Mark. Um, glad to take my call, sir. I just wanted to kind of quickly comment on the First Amendment, Second Amendment argument I've been hearing here regarding the liberal agenda here. Yes, sir. Um, real quick, just wanted to say that, uh, you know, if they are wanting to limit everything according to what was available back then, uh, then and then, you know, I should still be able to go ahead and buy a battery of cannons, and that would still be acceptable. Um, mm-hmm. On top oh, of that, uh, then that would mean that they would need to be limited themselves to, uh, to what is it, newspapers and uh, small newsreels. Pamphlets. Yes. Not newsreels, pamphlets and newspapers. Of course. Uh, my no, you're right. For the, for the... No, but you're right. And I think it's something that they have to come to grips with when they can, when they make these idiotic arguments. All right, Sean, I appreciate your call, sir, very much. Let us go to Dale, Gainesville, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Yes, sir. Hot diggity dog, I get to finally talk to you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I've been listening to you for a long time, sir. Thank you, um, Dale. I was going to talk to you about uh, that idiot out in California. <laughs> but since then, you want my code, you want my guns. You can have them when you pry my cold, dead fingers off of them. Man, I remember that. I I remember seeing bumper stickers like that when I was a little kid. Go ahead. I'm a Vietnam veteran. I'm 67 years old. Amen. I retired with the Texas Army National Guard. And. Well, I want to thank you, sir, very, very much. Are you okay? Oh, yeah. All right. I I want to thank you very much. All right. 
Let's go to Carl, Middletown, New York, Sirius Satellite. Go. Mark, I want to talk about a, uh, a pioneer in the Hollywood industry, kind of like that guy. Oh, Another man. upstanding citizen who married like who? his You're, adopted you, you, daughter. Listen to me. Hold on. Kind of like who? You, you buzzed out. Oh, kind of like Woody Allen. He oh, yes. his daughter. Oh, yes. His stepdaughter. Oh, yes. It was grotesque in my view. Thank you for your call. We've got that. We've got some Michael Jackson issues, Bill Cosby issues. No question about it. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Check out Levin TV tonight. I know you're going to like it, and I'll see you on the radio tomorrow. God bless.